What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 41st episode of The Roundabout, celebrating 15 years of the Xbox 360. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 15-year anniversary of the Xbox 360 with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game, talk about what makes them awesome. As always, we'd love your feedback on the show over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or you can reach out to me directly anytime at Ryan Turford. And folks, we finally made it after all these weeks. We're finally into the top 10. I'm so excited for you guys to be yelling at me in the uh, Xbox Drive Discord about my picks, but uh, I'm so excited to, to bring them to you. And the first one is a good one. So in this week's episode, we return once again to the world of Sarah in Gears of War 3, released on September 20th, 2011. With two games under their belts, Epic pulled out all the stops with Gears of War 3, throwing everything but the kitchen sink at both the single player and the multiplayer experience. While it wasn't the final Gears game on Xbox 360, it was the swan song for the original developer Epic Games, and it was their way of saying goodbye to the franchise that they started on the 360. There was a ton of hype leading into Gears of War 3's release, and for the most part, I think the team delivered on those lofty expectations. However, I will actually come out and say, um, and I haven't talked about this at all when we we've talked about Gears multiple times, but after Gears of War 2, I talked about it a little bit on that, that episode where the story was kind of the weakest element for me in that game, and I wasn't really happy with the direction they were kind of going in. So when Gears of War 3 was coming around, I was not super hyped for it at all. I mean, I was interested, I was intrigued, um, and I also kind of wanted to play it for the multiplayer, but I just wasn't the the type of person that wanted to pick it up day one. I was just going to wait on it. And it wasn't until after I had heard some positive uh, buzz, both from the reviews as well as some of my, fr my friends who picked it up uh, day one, um, I decided to jump in and I had a blast with Gears 3. Uh, I actually love it. I think that it was actually my favorite Gears of War game up until Gears 5 came out last year which is now probably my new favorite Gears game. Um, but up until then, I actually really love Gears of War 3. I just love kind of the somber tone to it. Um, and it felt kind of different to, than the other Gears games. It almost took kind of the horror vibe or that that like hopelessness that, that you felt in the original Gears of War and then fused it with some of the, the bigger moments from Gears of War 2. And it kind of made this really cohesive experience. And I think that the team at Epic really kind of found their footing with Gears of War 3 in particular, and I think that um, I really liked that approach a lot. Like, I really appreciated it. In fact, I should talk about this now briefly because this is going to be the last time, spoiler alert, that uh, we'll be talking about Gears on the roundabout, which means no Gear, Gears judgment on this list. And I know a lot of folks are kind of screaming into their uh, podcast device right now. I mean, some of you might not be because I know Gears judgment was kind of a, a divisive game between fans. But uh, I think the reason when I revisited Gears judgment, the reason why I decided not to keep it on this list um, was for the simple fact that the single player was, was good. It was fine, but I wasn't really super invested in, in Baird's story nearly as much as, as the, uh, the three stories with Delta squad. Um, and I do think the multiplayer also wasn't as revolutionary as these three titles. And, uh, it didn't really have as much to offer to it. It just felt more of the same with, uh, as like the gears three multiplayer. Um, and at that point too, um, when it first came out, I was a little bit sick of gears at that point. I mean, we'd had a gears release, uh, every couple of years pretty consistently. So when it first came out, I just wasn't really into it. And then even revisiting it, I wasn't super over the moon with it. It still made like the top my like, cause I made basically a top 100 list when creating the roundabout and it made the top 60. Um, so it was like 
close to making the list, but it just uh, fell fell a bit short, I think. And actually, uh, going back to Gears of War 2, the main reason why Gears of War 2 really made it on the list over Gears Judgment, um, because that, I think that's a bit of a contentious opinion right there, too, is that uh, Gears of War 2, I di- think, did so much with the multiplayer experience, and I think that so much of what made Gears 2 special was its multiplayer. Um, and it had some, the, the single player itself, I, I felt more invested in, even if I was a little bit disappointed with the, the, the Michael Bay-esque direction of, of the story, um, I still overall came away from it, liking it just a hair more than, than Gears Judgment. And, uh, I mean, that's why it was, why Gears of War 2 wasn't super high on this list either, um, for the, for the reasons I just talked about and for the reasons I cited on, on that episode. But, uh, I wanted to throw that out there as well because Gears Judgment it's a pretty fun game, but it's just not of the same caliber as Gears of War 3. Whereas Gears of War 3, I think, really, really deserves the so- the the spot in the top 10. I think it's it's one of the best games you can play on the 360. And uh, let's break down why. Now, for those that haven't played it, Gears of War 3 takes place two years after the events of Gears of War 2. The Locusts are all but gone, but the Lambent have arisen in their place and have forced humanity into abandoning much of the surface world. Essentially, a humanity lives on either this remote island or they're scattered around uh, on different ships um, or basically they're just not on the main the main continent itself. After receiving a mission to rescue Marcus's father, Adam, who ha- may have a solution to the Lambent threat, Delta Squad sets out on one final mission to give humanity a chance against the Lambent. While developers can sometimes find it hard to wrap up a trilogy, Epic does a fantastic job of bringing the original Gears story to a close. Gears 3 has some powerful moments, and ones fans of the franchise will still talk about to this day. And yes, there's one moment in particular that I know everyone talks about, uh, even with me, like it really stuck with it me after the experience. But obviously, again, I'm not going to go into spoilers here because lo and behold, there will be someone who's listening to this podcast who's never played Gears 3 who uh, intends to actually play it. So I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't played it. But there is lots of great moments in uh, the Gears 3 story. Um, and it's really kind of a personal journey from Marcus while also showing humanity's la- desperate last struggle to survive against the face of overwhelming odds. And I really like that like duality to the story too, where it really feels like a Marcus story, but also there's this much larger threat. And uh, there's almost like this doom and gloom surrounding this where if, if they don't, if the solution that Adam is proposing doesn't work or if they are not able to rescue him, um, it might feel like that's humanity's last chance. So I really like the, the, the stakes that are in this game as well. And I think that all of that stuff was really well done. In my opinion, it's the strongest of all of the Gears stories up until the recently released Gears 5 that was released last year, and it's an excellent campaign from top to bottom. It's really well paced, and the writing's great, and yeah, I really like the campaign in this game. Plus, the addition for the player to tag enemies for the AI to focus on really helps smooth the combat flow a bit smoother in single player. There weren't really too many other the huge single player changes. I mean, you can kick objects as well, but I mean, for the most part, that's a small interactive thing. Um, otherwise for the most part, uh, it was pretty much status quo, but it was like the, the culmination of all of the things that Epic had done with that combat engine, uh, up until gears three, like it, it had some minor tweaks, it, but it didn't try and reinvent the kitchen, the, uh, the wheel or anything like that. But I don't think it needed to. I think that it really just delivered to us the, the, the solidest, version of that combat engine up until again gears 4 came out i think um on on xbox one i think that was the closest we had to that 
On top of this, Gears 3 offered a wide variety of multiplayer modes, including a new XP system which allowed you to unlock rewards for multiplayer by playing any of the game's modes. Also the introduction of Horde 2.0, as well as Beast Mode, which is essentially reverse Horde mode where you two plays the Locust fighting the humans, further added to the package and led to many long nights of trying to see how many ways me and my friends could survive. Gears 3 multiplayer had a pretty strong following up until the release of Gears 5 last year, and with its breadth of modes, it's easy to see why. It basically took all of the modes that really worked well in Gears 1 and 2 and kind of perfected them. Like, that's what I really liked about the, the multiplayer in this game. Again, it wasn't so kind of like the single player. It wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel or anything like that. But again, it was the the culmination of that, uh, the, the, the years and years of game design and iteration on top of the, the multiplayer itself that I think really made it special. Um, it, because Horde mode was already great in the first game, it, sorry, in Gears 2. But in Gears 3, they just took it to another level. Um, and again, beast mode was really cool. Like, I liked the idea of playing as as the Locust and, and basically hunting humans and stuff like that. Like, I thought there were some really solid ideas with the multiplayer in this game. And actually, I talked about this a little bit on, on the Gears 2 episode, but uh, you could actually really find games of multiplayer for Gears of War 3 pretty easily up until after the release of Gears 5. I think that's when the tide started to turn because there is a really dedicated community playing it. Even when Gears 4 came out, uh, when there were still lots of people playing this game on 360 with their friends or, or through back compat when it did come, come to Xbox one that way. Um, and it was really cool to see that, that community grow with it. It wasn't until again, the, 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 the giant package that we got with Gears 5, really won a lot of fans over. And at that point, like most of the community kind of moved on to uh, uh, Gears 5. And and I actually, for the sake of this podcast, I tried to actually find some games this week to, to play uh, some multiplayer and to just, I couldn't find any, unfortunately. I think that, again, most of that community has kind of moved on or they play at a time of day that isn't the same as me, which is always a possibility too. So how well does Gears of War 3 hold up today? Well, out of all of the 360 Gears titles, Gears 3 does hold up the best out of all of them, both visually and gameplay-wise. On 360, the character models and environments still look solid, with a wider variety of color locations that makes the game more visually pleasing by today's standards. I mean, they with the first Gears game, and I talked about this on, on that episode, um, not only was the frame rate pretty rushed, but it was the, the game itself, even though focused on, on this destroyed beauty of basically these uh beautiful buildings like almost like uh rotted over or uh overgrown um you didn't really have a lot of use of color it was very much just early 2000s like browns and grays and blacks like that was pretty much what the all the environments for the most part kind of looked like in the first game in the second game they started to bring more use of color in but it was really with the third game it really felt visually refreshing and different from those games, especially when you view it from the lens of uh, current gen games, because current gen games are very much use a wider color palette variety than uh, games of the, the the early 2000s or even the, the later 2000s uh, in Gears of War's case in particular. So I think that it does visually naturally stand up better with modern day standards. Plus the frame rate is actually a lot more solid than than Gears of War 1 as well. However, the best way to play Gears of War 3, in my opinion today, would be via Xbox One X with backwards compatibility. While all of the Gears titles received X enhancements, I think Gears 3 benefits from this the most, and while I wouldn't say it looks like a current-gen game, it looks and runs awfully close to it. It's definitely the way I would recommend playing the game if you're going to revisit the game later on, like today. And honestly, I can't wait to see what some of these games, uh, backwards compatible games, are going to look like on Series X in particular. Like, uh, play revisiting this game this week on Xbox One X, 
and seeing just how amazing it looks on that console, I'm really excited to see what type of enhancements we're going to get with some of these games on uh, Series X. And I, I can't wait to see uh, how they upscale some of this stuff because I know we're getting like auto HDR included. I'd like to be adding HDR to some of these games. Um, yeah, I'm really interested to see how this game looks there. And again, all of the Gears games got X enhancements, but it was really... Gears of War 3 out of all of them that I think benefited from the most. And I think it benefited from being the the one of the later games in the series. Gears Judgment also falls into the same boat where I think it also received a lot of nice X enhancements as well. Now, if you're looking to pick up the game today, it's available digitally on Xbox 360 and it's backwards compatible on Xbox One. That's all for this episode of The Roundabout. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You can also find the Pantsman himself, Sean Capri, on Twitter at Sean Capri, and us on Twitter at The Xbox Drive. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Roundabout, and we out. Bye.